Censorship is the way that society protects itself from itself, separating out supposedly legitimate from illegitimate speech. But it also runs afoul of values that each extreme of the liberal and conservative party say they wish to protect against. While America remains fiercely hands-off with most free speech, much more so than a lot of world powers, both free and controlled, both liberal and conservative, the newest way to get some amount of control over speech is to continue to allow the words, but then cancel the person saying it, banishing them, essentially, to a trash heap of yesterday, problematic, look-the-other-way type of attitude. Can you truly be a social justice activist and refuse to censor people or censor ideas, pieces of art? Should something or someone be canceled that you associate with being a negative stereotype or a historical lie or of a type that you're just disgusted with? Does simply banishing the person or that thing make it truly lose its power or does its power grow while waiting in the dark to catch us by surprise in the future? Today on Social Discord, we're discussing the history of censorship and how it shaped America from the very beginning, both the pros and the cons, and how canceling unwanted people and cutting off the air to rooms of thought we don't like can lead to a false sense of progressivism and advancement, even regression to a time where people said less, but hated more. History always repeats itself. The argument I put to my fellow host today is that the enemy in the open is better than the enemy in a closet. Has wokeness moved America into a place of awareness about its often egregious history, or has it distracted true progressiveness under the guise of popular condemnation of the guilty or suspected guilty. That's today on Social Discord. Should we cancel or should we not? Like, thumbs up, thumbs down, off with her head kind of thing. We're not saying it's not okay to call out something that is problematic. I would much rather talk about it and have the freedom of discussion than to be shut down by this idea of cancel culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Social Discord, episode 31, The Problem with Problematic, Cancel Culture, Censorship, and Wokeness. I'm your host, Dalen Turk. And I'm Curtis Medina. Once again, sadly, unfortunately, uh, Kara Tebow is not joining us for this episode. Uh, She's actually taking a little bit of a hiatus uh, for a minute now. She's uh, taking care of some stuff with her husband, Harry, with his... uh, immigration uh trying to get to the united states being uh, only slightly problematic oh there we go there's a title drop for you <laughs> but, but we promise she hasn't been canceled like yes no. it's a coincidence that Kara, she's not here for this Kara episode. has not been canceled by any means she's just taking some personal time she'll be back hopefully in a few episodes um but in the meantime uh curtis and i are going to talk about something that will probably get us canceled in the future if we're running for public office at any point um, we're going to talk about uh cancel culture and uh the likes of uh uh i guess that topic uh so curtis I, I, first off i want to ask you like what you, curtis is going to be leading this episode 
um, and you've been talking about this for a while now. What what kind of piqued your interest about talking about cancel culture and censorship and quote unquote wokeness? Well, you know, I don't like easy answers um, in politics. Um, I, I don't trust easy answers. So if something seems to be a little too convenient, it worries me. Um, and something about the idea of cancel culture, it, it seems like exactly that. Like, you know, the idea that something, somebody could be completely removed from our conversation, our lives, um, in popular culture and condemned um, so quickly. I mean, sometimes within kind of minutes um, mm -hmm. from the moment that they said something that people didn't like or did something that people didn't like to, you know, um, a few minutes later, you just like, they're, they're gone. And it became almost like a running joke um, after a while among friends, because if somebody said something that was even a little bit you know, like, like off color or whatever, like a joke, like, you know, like the, the response would be, you're canceled. Right. <laughs> yeah. Please <laughs> like, don't cancel. Like, yeah. I mean, because, because it was like, it kind of felt like it could happen for any reason, you know? And, and, and so I, I started thinking like, like what is exactly the bar for canceling something? Um, you know, is it, is it really always, justified or mm -hmm. do we go too far sometimes and who the heck decides who should be canceled and who shouldn't so anyway yeah i mean i actually started thinking about um this in terms of when i was growing up in the 90s the things that weren't allowed on tv or the things that were canceled were things that now are considered to be very mainstream um, so, you know, in the 90s, if you had a gay character on TV and they showed romantic interest or, heaven forbid, there was a kiss on screen, that show risked being ridiculed, being protested against, being taken off the air. And so I grew up with a fierce dislike of people telling me what I should say um, in such an authoritative way. Um, because I know that if that were the case back in the 90s, there are a lot of things that we have today that we wouldn't have if if we were able to be canceled by conservatives at that time. You know, now this is more of an issue of, of it's more liberals canceling um, conservative yeah. um, thinking. Um, some some reasons I agree with as far as not liking what they're, you know, what they're talking about. Um, but but it's more of like a um, you said something that used to be okay, but now it's not because we've progressed past that is generally kind of the the gist of cancel culture now. And so it is on the other foot, but I always say that you have to defend people's rights that you don't like to defend your own because it always comes back to you and there's always going to be something that you disagree with that should that got canceled that you know suddenly you have to go with because you just canceled all these other things without um without you know going through the proper steps of like should this have happened mm -hmm. it's it's interesting this topic to me because in our uh the description of this show you know we talk about how to navigate all these things in a world that is now incredibly tech savvy and run by technology and this idea of cancel culture is such a, I mean, really a phenomenon of today. 
And so I, I know you were extremely excited to talk about this stuff um, because it is incredibly nuanced, but it's also just it's it's a reality that we face today that like I know we talk about, oh, my God, like they were canceled. You know, it's but it's like it's legit. You know, it can it can ruin lives. It can ruin careers. And so, you know, kind of diving into why this is and where it came from and what it is, it, it'll be a. Uh, uh, interesting to kind of get to the nitty gritty of it, um, right? And like you know, and and like everything, it. it it. Oh, I'm sorry, what? Just r- rather than just kind of like joke about it as this surface level thing, you know? Right, and, and you know, it's it's around us everywhere, um, and I think it kind of cuts to this idea of that conservatives have about like, you know, a liberal bias in the news. Um, because so many of the stories, it's more of an entertainment value than actual news. And it's, mm. it's kind of like cancel culture itself has become the show, you know, like who, what big, powerful person can we take down today? Um, you know, again, sometimes it's for a good reason, you know, like say for a lot of the me too stuff was, you know, very needed, um, but you know, and then other times it's something that like, you're like, really, that's right, what it yeah. was that <laughs> qualified for them being fired or, you know, or whatever, or that's what, you know, that's what we're talking about this week in the news. The number one story is, you know, Joe Rogan, like, you know, some podcaster put out some, some bad science or whatever. And that's like the story of the week. Like, isn't there something else more important going on? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. And that's a little bit of a foreshadowing for what we'll be discussing in part two of this series. Exactly. We are yeah. absolutely and- going to dive into the pod king himself, Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but on that note, uh, why don't we uh, get into the meat of the episode? Take us off. Sure. Yeah. And to actually get to the notes instead of just me rambling about uh, cancel culture. <laughs> you can't. Um, so, that, so we're going to make that joke a million times throughout this series. Just understand that and accept it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dalen, have you noticed that the word problematic gets used a lot in, in this, in this day and age? This is NPR national problematic radio. Okay. So now for the problematic part. That's problematic. That's problematic. That's problematic. That's problematic. That's problematic. That, that, that's all kind of problematic, bro. That's problematic. That's problematic. That's problematic. In southern Florida, however, that is problematic. Make a list of what's problematic. Problematic uh, relationship. Problematic categories. A problematic term. Problematic atmosphere. Problematic laws. Problematic track record. Problematic eight and eight year. Problematic uh, last couple weeks. Problematic for the taxpayers. Problematic children who like to shoot guns. Problematic. 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 So, like I say, problematic, right? I feel like people are starting to notice the theme um, that that this word is kind of everywhere. Yes, um, it is. So we found this clip. Uh, somebody I actually know. Um, he's an artist. He makes diff- he makes a lot of different things. And he he said that he so his name's Craig Jiffin, um, and uh, he um, he runs a, a a couple of websites. One is called Problematic TV. Um, the other thing he's famous for doing is uh, the Human Clock and the Human Calendar, which are really cool art projects um, 
that he did, uh, I think about 15 years ago. And he's just, he's, he's just always looking for the next art project. Anyway, he said he was at work and he, um, he, he was listening to NPR and he kept noticing they, they, that the word of the day basically was problematic. Problematic, so, problematic, yeah. <laughs> problematic, 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 problematic. <laughs> it's a little bit like a Sesame Street song, oh, right? Oh, 100%. I mean... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it is. We need a Sesame Street song explaining to kids what problematic is. It is it's like, uh, Bert, what is problematic? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ernie, sometimes we're problematic on Sesame Street, <laughs> apparently. Oh, that's I mean, great. I that mean, was good. Like, like I, I feel like like anything can be right problematic. The, the, the idea is somebody has a problem with you, um, yeah. and they don't quite know what to do about it. Well, um, I, you say here it's it's um, like you you have the the Merriam-Webster's dictionary um, stating that it's it's posing a problem difficult to solve or decide, uh, not defined or settled, open to question or debate. And I, I, you, you know, you question here specifically the open to question, right? You know, I mean, because you, you always hear that, you know, when somebody says something is problematic, they mean it's a problem, like, and but they never quite get to the part of the definition of the word that it's open to question. That's hardly ever the intent when people say that. It's almost always like we're kind of going to close the question, we're going to condemn it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, and again, sometimes that their opinion I agree with, but that doesn't really matter. You know, just because you agree with the person, the person that has been canceled, that they were canceled, doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, have you have you found yourself I, using problematic in the context of, oh, that person did that no more that's not allowed because i guess in in my head i've always used problematic of that's questionable you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna question that one well but but most of the time when people use the word it's not it's way past questionable they basically i guess that yeah like they've already decided they don't agree or don't like the thing right and the, the only question is what to do you know, meaning like, should we cancel or should we not? Like, thumbs up, thumbs down, off with her head kind of thing. Um, you know, it's it's a very like it, it really does like cut back to some of that like old vibe of of you know condemning someone to being banished or you know to death or something right. like that. Um, it's just now it's in a it's in a social way where you know we where you can ban someone but have them be still there in in front of you there's an episode of black mirror that's really great Mm. um in which um you uh you you get credits for doing nice things and going to work and doing all these things but if you if you get make someone mad like let's say you cut them off in traffic or something they can take away credits from you and if you and if your credits drop below a certain number people will literally not be able to see your face. Right, Like, you will be a blob that walks around, um, and they will know you're there, but they won't see you. Um, So, And that's taking the, quote-unquote, problematic people just out of society. Right, right. Out of sight, out of mind. That's the idea of cancel culture. You know, so so that episode very smartly, um, 
you know, questioned what if we did this in real life, what we're doing online mm -hmm. and, uh, and is it right? Is it, is it helpful? Um, so I actually like urban dictionary quite a bit. I go to urban dictionary all the time. Oh, great. Highly recommend it. I mean, if you are like, if you are easily offended, you should not go to urban dictionary <laughs> at all. It is not your grandmother's, you know, Merriam dictionary. It isn't like, <laughs> it, it is, it is a dangerous site in the good way. <laughs> yes. Because, because, uh, it, it basically is taking the vernacular, um, of, of the, the slang of, to, of the, of the day and asking people to vote it up or vote it down. And not, it's not a perfect system. Some definitions, you know, got voted way up just because it was gross or something. Yeah. But, but it's uh but it it's always interesting because if i don't know what a word means i'll look it up on that and i will almost always get an instant like understanding of why people are saying it like that hmm. and so on urban dictionary uh it says um problematic means quote used by university lecturers to say they disagree with a piece of literature while not outwardly expressing that fact. <laughs> um, there is often a long pause before this line is delivered, often with pointless hand gestures. <laughs> and the example they give is, I find David Starkey's work problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful delivery, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was going to look up David Stark. I don't know if I have no idea if, I have no why they would be David problematic. Is. <laughs> so I'm not, again, not saying a judgment on whoever that is. But but it's the point is, you start hearing this pattern, and 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 they're right that like every time you hear the word, there's a long pause before it, and it's become this sort of like cue that people give each other. Um, when they're really saying, should we cancel this? Mm -hmm. Um, like it's, it's, it's it, I mean, it's it, like, it said right there. It's a way for them to say, I don't like this. Let's get rid of it without actually saying, I don't like this. Let's get rid of it. Right. It, it's kind of like, it's kind of like reading the room, you know, yeah. you, you're, you're saying it so lightly, but you want other people to go, you're right. It's well, problematic. And it's interesting because we, we see the we see the transformation and the use of words change so much over time. We and we'll talk about it um later on in this episode about the transformation of the use of the word woke. And, you know, we're seeing it with the use of the word problematic. You know, it's it's the use of these words that changes the context of it. Well, and my worry is, you know, as we go forward and as we push things that we don't like more and more off to the side, do we actually get dumber? Do we actually become more entrenched in our echo chambers yeah. and our group think um, and end up not being the progressives we think we are? You know, like, isn't there something about talking it out and not canceling it that is way more adult way more progressive and actually will give you lasting results and maybe even find some common ground with somebody you disagree with. Um, so yeah, so you know, and so you, you mentioned woke, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, so so woke is is the other term. Um, I found myself accidentally using woke in a conservative way, and it made made me feel gross. Honestly, because oh, no, I'm what not happened? a conservative. <laughs> um, somebody was so so. The first time I ever heard woke was um, the when the the film Green Book um, won Best Picture. Right. Well, it was actually right before that. It was it was it was like a, a one of the favorites to win. Um, and I, I became aware through some of my more woke friends that that there was an element about the movie that they found disgusting. Um, and it was basically this, uh, it was accused of having something called a white savior complex. Yeah. Um, so essentially it's any movie where, and it's a real thing, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this is a real thing that does happen in movies, of course. Yeah, I mean, it um, happens in, in all all media, all literature. It happens in in right. art. It happens in film. It ha- it it is it is it's it's the context of history being told often through a white lens that depicts these white characters as this the savior, and it right. happens well, and it, constantly. It, it it's basically saying like like. If you're another culture, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) So let me come in and show you how to do it. You know, Native Americans or whatever. You know, it's like like, um. Do Do you recall the famous painting? And I, it might literally just be called like Manifest Destiny, but it's it's a depiction of you know you have angels and these people on wagons and horses expanding into the west in this painting, and and they Mm. all look bright and you know they're coming from the east the sun is rising they all look angelic and beautiful it's the same exact thing it's these this the white savior coming to tame the west i mean literally manifest destiny that was that was this idea that you know they had the this they were predestined to basically control um these these people in this and this land right i mean that was the idea Mm. But that's the white savior trope. <laughs> yeah, and so it is a real thing, um, you know, and it it is something that I think has happened because the majority of of what we have grown up with, ha- you know, were were made by by white people, both mm-hmm. because they were the majority, um, you know, of population, and also because they did hold um, a lot of power, um, you know, in media and in books and you know, and I mean all kinds of different things. So, so it is a, it is a real thing and it is something like, it's not like wrong to be angry about it or to try to avoid it if you're writing something or whatever. Um, but, but this movie got accused of it. Um, when I really didn't think it fit that exactly. Um, and, and so when some, so when somebody brought that up, I realized they weren't really talking about what film should be, should win because it was a better film they were they were putting their politics in it first and saying because i think this is a white savior complex therefore it shouldn't even you know it nothing else about it could be good enough to win best picture and i was looking at it in a much more innocent way of like this was a great movie you know it made me feel stuff (laughs) and that's to me the most important part you know like like I, I when I watched it, I didn't even know it was based on a true story, and it is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it wasn't even important to me. Like, you know, there was there was some argument about whether it um, it was true or not because there's different accounts of some of some of what happened, which is always going to be the case. Yeah. With history, um, you know, uh, but 
I didn't care about accuracy of history. Like to me, this was just a well-told story. Yeah. Um, and also just look at that casting, Mahershala Ali and Viggo Mortensen. Great. Fantastic. Well, I mean, and he got criticized more than anyone at being a black actor being in that um, because, you know, they were like, how, how could you put your, you know, your name behind this? And yeah. he ended up winning, I believe, the best actor for that for that role. I think he um, I think he. I don't know that. I for think sure. he won best supporting, I think. Mahershala Ali um, did end up winning um, the best performance by an actor in a supporting role. Okay. Um um, in that movie, and and sadly, some of that was tainted by some of of Hollywood and and fans, you know, basically just hating this movie and literally saying like, if it won, they would never watch the Oscars again. Um, right. To that point, um, and so you know, just for some context, um, just to defend, I guess what I'm saying, um, Green Book. Uh, no, so yeah, Mahershala Ali hires Viggo Mortensen, who is the driver. Um, to drive him around the South as he, um, because Mahershali is this this distinguished uh, 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 pianist, I believe it is, right? And he hires Viggo Mortensen to be his driver as he goes on tour through the South. Um, and right, and at this yeah. time, like, there was a lot of unsafe places for Black people to be, and so they had a a book called the green book that basically said where it was safe to, for them to stay and, and where they, and where they should avoid. I mean, it was literally a matter of life and death yeah. to travel across the South. It you was know, like if the, you broke the, down the peak uh, age of uh, sundown towns kind of a thing. You know? Right. Right. I mean, if you, and if you know, you broke down and you needed a tire or something like that, like you could literally be killed um, crossing, crossing the South and even, and one step even further, um, the black character is gay. Um, and yep. so, and, and this, you know, I mean, so this was, he was really out of his depth and yet he wanted to live his life normally. He wanted to, you know, to play his music and he became friends. And so it wasn't necessarily a white savior complex in my uh, opinion. Um, it was more like they saved each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I don't know. That's why that was my argument, but I couldn't get a word in edgewise with these people who were self-proclaimed woke people um, because they understood it differently or heard it differently. And that was the end of the conversation, you yeah. know? Well, and it's interesting because when this movie, like I remember, and I haven't seen it, sadly, I always wanted to, I just never did, but I never really heard anything about it in terms of it being problematic until it was really nominated and then once it was right. nominated for best picture all of a sudden it was like whoa whoa like let's slow down here this movie's racist and i i, I mean sadly though a lot of movies nobody cares about until it's nominated right because yeah. otherwise i mean I, don't, I think it didn't do well until it became nominated so people saw it because it was supposed to be good i think i think it was one of those where it, it when like it came out, when previews came out and whatnot, everyone was like, all right, yeah, this is, it's going to be one of those movies. That's just like, it's just automatically good. And then once it got like legit and was nominated, then it was like, whoa, we have to stop this from going any further. But. Right. And I mean, I don't know. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a bit silly um, how people reacted to it. Um, but 
it's something that I started noticing over and over again, you know, this coming up with this idea of like, like people needing to speak up, um, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes not so good. Um, and this idea of staying woke. And it surprised me looking up um, the history of that of that term that it actually goes back a lot further than 2014, which is around the time that I had started hearing about it. Um, before 2014, according to this, um, the, the call to stay woke was for many people unheard of. The idea behind it was common, although already within the black communities at that point, though the notion of staying woke and alert to the, the deceptions of other people was a basic survival tactic. In 2014, following the police killing of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, stay woke suddenly became the cautionary watchword of Black Lives Matter activists on the streets, uh, used in a chilling and specific context, keeping watch for police brutality and unjust police tactics. Um, so, you know, so this actually goes back a long ways, depending on who you are. And I didn't, I had no idea about this before I looked mm -hmm. it up, um, that, you know, um, in black communities, they were telling each other kind of like, stay alert, stay woke, yeah. stay, stay, you know, you can't let your guard down. And that's why, you know, I think a lot of, um, black people, you know, say that they're, they're tired, right? They, they, that's the thing you keep hearing is that they're, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, they're tired of, of that, always having to be alert that society is going to screw them over. Um, so like that aspect of it, I think is, is very interesting, very well used and all that. But then it started becoming connected to the Black Lives Matter movement. And then it got further and started being about anything mm -hmm. that basically, you know, liberals thought that, uh, you know, was, was wrong right that you know to to watch out for it so like i feel like these terms they get sort of taken over um and and uh and changed around to mean something that that it didn't originally intend oh it's it's incredibly fascinating how how much move how much a movement can take over words and take over the meaning of words to fit that movement fit what like it's trying to push, um, you know, we've, we've seen it, um, done with, uh, um, uh, right-wing movements all the time or far right-wing movements all the time, uh, through the internet taking over, um, like memes constantly. Um, it's, it's a thing that happens where you take this and you grab onto it and you make it work for what you're trying to push. Well, and before January 6th, um, with the, you know, attacks on the Capitol, um, the term mob was used a lot um, by conservatives. They couldn't use it so much after that because in that day they were the mob. Mm -hmm. But um, but before that, you know, the term mobs, um, you know, was usually like this idea of woke mobs, right? This idea of like people that were going to like sort of purify the vision of America um, through their, their belief system. And a lot of conservatives felt threatened by that. So there was actually um, a lot of um, political advertisements that happened in 2020 that helped a lot of Republicans out because they warned that if you know Biden won or if whatever um, whatever candidate they were against won, um, that you know the woke mob was coming for you, right? And so so they used this word um, in a negative sense to scare people into voting for them. 
So it became this idea of like, who can use the term better? Who can repurpose the term better? And I feel bad because at at its core, it stands for something so interesting and amazing of you know that that people have have done as a survival technique black people have used um and it and it sort of like got pulled by both extremes in different ways to mean to mean totally different mm. warnings when uh when you went to we were talking about like mob i definitely thought you were going to say like mobsters and gangsters <laughs> and so you threw a curveball at me there for a second um <laughs> But but no, I mean, it, it's, it really is a shame to, you know, when you, you look at the historical context of woke being used by the the black community as like literally, like you said, a survival tactic. And now, I mean, it's it's kind of like a mainstream facade that people put on to be, I guess, these activists Um and it's just, I don't know. According, it's a shame. It, it's a shame that it it took it away. It it feels like it was taken away from that community. It tur- turns out that the term "stay woke" actually goes back to at least uh, 1938. Um, so um, the sing the singer Lead Lead Belly, which I've actually heard of before. Um, I, I think there's a whole story behind that singer. Um, I don't know it all though, so I don't want to go into it right this second. Um, but if we could play the clip where he says "Stay woke" at the end of his of his song in uh, 1938, uh, that would be cool. That is all it was to it. They just saw the women. They didn't see nothing else wrong. But anyhow, to put the boys in jail and in that six long years, well, the state, all the whole United States got together. They got out four of them to come to New York, and the lawyer would got them out. I know him pretty good. I've met him. And uh, he showed me the Scottsboro Boys. I shake hands with him, so I made this little song about down there. So I, I advise everybody to be a little careful when they go along through that. But stay woke, keep the eyes open. So yeah, so uh, so you so you just heard what was probably the first time uh, it was recorded, at least uh, the term "stay woke." I mean, what a long um, road it has taken from from that original meaning to now. Um, you know, at the time, he meant it to meant it to be careful traveling through Alabama. Um, and now, you know, we're talking about like who should win best Oscar uh, for uh, best picture. Um, right. And it's used so the to Vox just artic- mock people. Right, right. And so the Vox article that we got some of this from um, points out that wokeness has been stolen from that original meaning of um, and and it uh, no longer means just you know people against brutality. Um, and it has a much more general meaning of social justice, um, whether it be racial or not. So, I mean, they even sort of like took the racialness out of being woke. Like it didn't, doesn't even necessarily have to be racial at this point. It could just be anything that, you know, somebody is supposedly like keeping the wool over your eyes or whatever, and Mm -hmm. you're you're supposed to be asleep and stay awake. I wonder, is there like... Like, I wonder what the difference is, is like, do you think there's a difference between being like, do you have to be educated or knowledgeable to be woke? You know, like, I, I feel like in order to like, I, I don't know, it's it's like, you have to have this certain understanding and education and, and in order to be woke, don't you have to have some kind of a knowledge to 
make you be woke i guess i don't i don't know i mean you should right you should have a historical background of whatever you're talking about or you know like in the case of green book you should like you know know the maybe you know the origin of the story you should know more of the you know the book you know or something like that the person who wrote it you know you should probably have more of that background before you just say that it's it's wrong um i think it's more akin to how some people will watch a magic trick and they'll be like she's hiding under the table or you know or you know that rabbit was already in the hat like i think it's kind of a, a it doesn't it's not necessarily intelligence exactly it's almost like a street smartness it's a and it's not being conned easily um so you can mm -hmm. sort of figure your way out so it's like a it's a maybe a form of intelligence but it's not like intelligence as in i know the history of it's just kind of like oh i've figured out how you did that thing right it's oh this magic trick like i know the rabbit was already in the hat but I don't necessarily know how you got it in the hat or how are you making it, you know, come out, you know, whatever. It's just I know the rabbit's in the hat. Right. And there's there's this great show called Adam Ruins Everything. It's, oh. a, it's a podcast. It's also a TV show. I mean, do you watch that? I, I have like I have seen it, but unfortunately it was canceled very sadly. Did um, it really? Did it really get canceled? Yeah, I actually um uh Adam he he made a, a TikTok explaining why it was canceled and it was straight up just money. Straight up they just oh. they they were bought out by like the the network or whatever. Someone was bought out and the new owners didn't want to spend money and they just cut everything so that they could focus on this specific type of television and Adam ruins oh, everything was not on the list. It has a great show. And, uh, I, do you know if the podcast is going still? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I guess I don't know about the podcast. Well, the, the whole concept of it, um, was the host Adam would take something that you think you know about and he'd kind of give you the actual context, the history, um and ruin it for you <laughs> you know so <laughs> it was i mean it basically was the original wokeness and okay i mean again like it, a lot of it i i happen to like um so it's not necessarily always bad but you know like it would you'd know, be like here's the hidden history behind everything you know hidden history behind why marijuana was illegal that was a clip that went really viral and it was like a 10 minute video that did a great job of talking about you know why marijuana was originally made illegal and it has nothing to do with you know this idea of it being actually bad for you it, it had all you know to do with a lot of politics behind it and stuff there mm -hmm. i think we're going to get into a future episode um but it it sparked your interest in things that you never knew you wanted to know um so 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 it it's sort of become kind of an entertainment at this point where you know if you can point out something and kind of, you know, ruin the trick, <laughs> um, you know, you you seem smarter and and uh, and and you can say that you know you weren't fooled, right? That you were woke. So I don't know. It's it's really been changed quite a bit and from its original meaning. Um, but you know, but I do want to be clear though that like my problem isn't necessarily with wokeness. I mean, some it is cool to be skeptical and to find out context and it's fine to debate. Or say when something is wrong. Yeah. Um, like, know, it's I okay. Mean, We're not saying it's not okay to call out something that is problematic. Yeah. Just don't use that word. <laughs> 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 no. Uh, it's fine if you use the word. It gets overused. But, 
Um, yeah, it's okay it, to have problems with things. It's okay to say, I don't like this. It's okay to say I'm offended by it or whatever. The problem is when that sort of translates itself to, and therefore I want it to not exist, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, okay, it's okay to think those things, but my problem really is with the glee that people get out of it. Um, that idea of being right over some somebody that is powerful or or is usually thought of as the expert, right? It's that I, it's like with the magician, you know, like like you take away the the entertainment value of that show by ruining it essentially, um, and you're happy, but you may have ruined it for everybody else. Right. Um, so it's it, it, it kind of depends like what we're talking about here. Obviously, you do want to ruin it if if it's something really terrible going on, um, but it's you have to be a lot more careful with it and and i i like when i when i when i when i'm when i see an alternate side to something that is generally thought to be a good thing it doesn't give me joy to take it down and i don't think it should give anyone joy that you know that turn schadenfreude um is a combination of german nouns um schaden meaning damage or harm and f- fraud fr- fr- Frodo, Frodo, meaning joy. Um, so it means you get joy over harm or misfortune suffered by another. Um, so you know, and I learned that from The Simpsons. Thank you, thank you, Lisa Simpson, for teaching me that. Um, you know, but it's but it's this idea, you know, where you like if you find yourself getting joy out of taking people down, like the problem is you. It's not necessarily that person. Like, and there's a lot of people who aren't just doing it, they're not just into social justice for the justice, they're in it for the punishment, right? It's like, goes back to the idea of like Americans, we like to punish first and like rehabilitate later. And sometimes we kind of forget this, the later, <laughs> you know, we kind of forget to get to the, to the fixing. We just like to punish. Well, you even think back to olden days of, of like public executions like it was, right. it was an outing. Like people went to, you know, see them get hanged. Like that to me, that's a that's a crazy concept. You know, yeah, and I'm like, I think about I mean, oh. people that go view, go to watch uh, individuals on death row, um, you know, be uh, executed via lethal injection or whatever it may be. Like, I wouldn't want to watch that. I guess I, I, I would not. And I get how some people could, it could be mean closure and whatnot, but, but especially, you know, back in the day with public executions and hangings and whatnot, like it was a legit celebration. Yeah. It was a good old time. <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it was what people, I mean, it's good that we have like the Super Bowl now because you know, if, if we didn't like, we might still be throwing people to lions. Right. I, you know, uh, might as well be. <laughs> Uh, you know, so I mean, it, yeah. And so, you know, at some point you have to ask yourself, are you watching it, uh, for the right reasons? Are are you entertained by it? Um, and, uh, like, like with your example, you know, if you were the person that was wronged, let's say, you know, a murderer killed your son or something like that. And you wanted to watch that person die. That, that makes sense to me, but it's weird for you to get joy out of it. Yeah. You know, at like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's under, it's something, it's something is wrong there. Like, I don't, I, I enjoy it when I see somebody who is driving too fast on the road and they get pulled over by a cop. 
That is justice. <laughs> That's shopping, shopping for it. I, I enjoy that. However, I, mean, I, I do not wish ill will upon anybody, you know. I mean, I feel like what you just said was in direct contrast to the other thing you just said, though. Like, I, like are okay. you saying that you're you're happy when it happens, but you don't wish for it to happen? It's just kind of like a bonus if it happens. Okay, well, I mean, they're getting a ticket. The roads will be safer. That's fine. But I do not wish to see him get, you know, flip his car into the ditch and, you know, end up in a coma in the hospital. Right. Okay. Because, so, like, so, he was so driving he, too fast. This limit. So you limit like the punishment to you know to something pretty banal. I I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, and that's that's better. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, I mean, and that's better than you know wishing them to, you know, spontaneously combust or something. Um, <laughs> well, but <laughs> but it it's still like an element. I think that we all have to keep in check with ourselves about you know really will this make the world a better place will it make me better you know does does it lower me to their level that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, i don't know and and the other thing about you know a lot of the the canceling and wokeness lately i've noticed is like there seems to be this like, almost like a scorekeeping going on yeah um, have you noticed this i mean it's almost like like it's kind of like how many people can we attack and, and how much time, how many people can we take down, you know, to, you know, in, 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 you know, like literally like it'll be, you know, this person said this thing wrong. Can we get them fired in an hour? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, I, um, I, I can't remember where I read it and maybe it's, it, I think it was in one of the articles that you have here. I think it might've been the Vox article where it's talking about this, this girl who, who made some just really, problematic <laughs> problematic it was a woman racist Damon. tweets and uh she like got on her flight got off her flight and all of a sudden she was the number one trending thing on twitter of people just ripping her apart you know and so it, right. it, you could definitely like i understand this idea of the woke mob and now granted do i believe she needed to be held accountable for the things she said and what she said was wrong and not right yeah but like it ruined her life well let's let's give context to this so i skipped down a little bit um to the notes and it says popular outrage so yeah so i did actually want to talk about this um so so what happened right now with us talking about it is a good example of what happens a lot so we said somebody did something wrong and they should have been punished, right? But we didn't give context to what they said or exactly what happened. And and like if if we were a lot of news networks, like that would have been it. Yeah. And so we would have put out a name, we would have said bad, and a lot of people hear that and are instantly their minds are are changed without actually knowing what it's about and so like so this is this is this is what the story is let's let's go into it for a second mm -hmm. um so this is the story of uh justine sacho s-a-c-c-o um and from uh, it's from a new york times article um and it's 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 entitled how one stupid tweet ruined justine sacco's life 
Um, and it's from, it was written in 2015, and it's about um, this thing that happened in 2013. It goes, as she made the long journey from New York to South Africa to visit family during the holidays in 2013, Justine Sacho, uh, 30 years old and the senior director of corporate communications at IAC, began tweeting, I don't know, how do you say that word? Acerbic? Acerbic, sure. Oh my God, New York Times people, that writers, they have such a good vocabulary. Um, <laughs> acerbic little jokes um, about um, the indignities of travel. Uh, there was one about a fellow passenger on the flight um, from JFK International Airport uh, that went, uh, weird German dude, you're in first class. It's 2014. Get some deodorant. Um, and then and then it was like inner monologue as I inhale BO. Thank God for pharmaceuticals. That was that was the tweet. That, so she just put up stupid tweets, right? Um, uh, another one was uh, uh, during a, a layover in Heath, in, in, at Heathrow, uh, it went, quote, chili, cucumber sandwiches, bad teeth, back in London. <laughs> I mean, like, like, it's, it's funny. I'll just say it. It's funny. Cucumber it's, sandwiches now, are awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, is it, is it appropriate for somebody, you know, who has a job, um, in, you know, uh, oh, crap, what was it? Can I just say, as senior corporate director of corporate communications, yeah. like, I feel like she should have had a little more context clues as to maybe she shouldn't be saying this stuff. I mean, that's true, but at the same time, like, I think a lot of people think that it's like the old days and we have a professional life, we have a personal life, right? Yeah. And increasingly, that is not the case. No, but, absolutely know, like you said not. earlier. You know, if you know, if if any of us ever decide to run for political office, I have no doubt some random quote we said on this show will be played on a commercial out of context to make us sound terrible. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it might be from this show. It might be this line right now, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and with the right graphic or the wrong graphic, uh, you know. It's it's gonna be terrible, right? Yeah. And and it and it could get you canceled. And so you know, so like in this case, and uh, you know, she she ended up saying a racist thing after this. She said, "Going to Africa, uh, hope I don't get AIDS." Just kidding, I'm white. It's look, it's not a good joke. It is not at no. all funny. Like I'm I'm with I'm with you on all that part. Like I would call However, the other. I don't think that she should be fired. For that. Yeah. That's my opinion. Like, I would say the other two jokes are problematic. I would say this one is just wrong. It's just, it's, it's wrong. I agree. It's not a good joke. But, but the other two jokes, they were funny and they're jokes, you know? So like, I feel like there's like, it's kind of like, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be any kind of comedian, whether you're a professional or you're just somebody that just likes to make people laugh on online you know you're not any kind of profession or whatever like it's 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 hard to say something in which everybody will laugh at at the same time and nobody will be offended by like there definitely is taste there's good taste and there's bad taste obviously the racist joke about the aids thing is offensive and is bad taste mm-hmm. um but does but it was a joke and i think most people reading it would have would have basically just been like ooh that one didn't land. That's a little racist. 
I don't like that. And she probably would have taken it down, mm -hmm. you know, and it wouldn't have been a big thing. But in this case, you know, her texting this to her to her friends or whatever, and it it, it getting picked up or tweeting it, uh, and it getting picked up by a person who had you know a ton of of followers, um, ended up labeling her as something of a racist because she made one joke, one line, you know, and it's like to me the the level for somebody to be completely upended in their life and be called something so terrible should be higher than just that like i i especially think it in contexts like these that there should be an opportunity need to be like whoa like i should not have said that joke i like i apologize i will be better that was wrong i shouldn't have said that and them to be able to continue their lives you yeah, know. and 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 not just like I shouldn't have said it, like it wasn't funny. Yeah, like it's not, acknowledging. Really, you know, she shouldn't have said it. She she shouldn't have thought it, right? Well, and like, and that's a good point to make. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Um, because um, it it goes against like it was like, a mean joke. It was a very mean joke, and I you know I hear a lot of things where, um, and I I that's a very good point you said is of being I shouldn't have said that and it's like well like yeah no like that's just it's just racist like don't think that stuff um but yeah and and i mean and this stuff blows up really quickly i think none of us were really ready for this kind of um publicity all at once right this was back in 2014 so this mm -hmm. was fairly early in the tweet in the, in the tweet universe um and so by the time she landed like she was the number one trending thing on Twitter. And the reason was people kept sharing it with with uh with tags um saying things like like um you know uh, let's see if we can get her fired. Um you know, uh she's going to have a painful uh moment when she turns on the phone, uh you know, when her plane lands and it became this like element of entertainment to punish her and to to decide so quickly um, you know, whether it was right or wrong, um, that that's what to me is what is wrong mm -hmm. about it. Like she literally was fired before she landed. Yeah. After saying the joke. Like there wasn't a time period where, you know, people discussed it or whatever. She had a, t a type of job like almost everybody nowadays has where, you know, one thing, you know, mistaken or even if it's taken correctly, but it was, you know, it just lands wrong. Um, can cause you your whole life to be ended, you know, relationships uh, to to fall apart and all this stuff. And it's too much pressure for people, you know, to to have in this day and age. We need to be able to to say things freely. I've I've talked about it before, but I've talked about it before. Um, I've talked about it before on this show um, about empathy, and I I guess I find a severe lack of empathy when it comes to a lot of stuff like this. In terms of like th these people who are going after her, and and granted she had in her jokes there were, there was no empathy within her jokes, so I, you know I'll acknowledge that. But these people attacking her, they don't have any. It, it, I don't sense any empathy of what they're doing will do to her, you know, and like right. empathy of she obviously made this these bad jokes that she should not have said, should not have thought it just weren't okay to think, but 
let's give her an opportunity to correct it and be better. And there just wasn't that. And we see that time and time again. And granted, not every situation deserves empathy. Or sure. I Alan Alda talks about that statement. (laughs) Alan Alda talks about this a lot in terms of what the idea of empathy is. And I agree with his definition of empathy as, as understanding, not agreeing or not saying you've been through, but understanding what that person is going through and trying to see what they're going through, not necessarily agreeing with it. And so by going by that definition of empathy, I just don't see any empathy at all all through any of this and i think it's a shame because it i think it means so much to have that right and and it ends up being the consequence outweighs the crime and that's something that we actually see a lot about in the law right there's been a lot of effort um to to try to make things equal um in the law where you know you shouldn't get your hand cut off because you stole a stick of gum Mm-hmm. You know, that like that to a degree is empathy, right? Because you're saying, okay, what you did was wrong. You stole the gum, you know, therefore you have to pay this money back or you have to spend, um, you know, a day in jail or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever the, 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 that you can do that sort of like tries to balance out consequence to the crime, um, you know, but if, if you always go for the death penalty, no matter what the, crime is sooner or later everybody is going to be on death row mm-hmm. uh you know the one thing i try to do too is and this is something that i think most people don't do i'm not sure if it's that they can't do it or they just don't but i always assume the best in people until they prove me wrong say you know I, so i do the same so if somebody writes a joke that is gross. I assume they're just joking. I assume that they're not actually believing those things, or I assume that they actually didn't understand if they do believe those things, that it hurts other people or that, you know, that it's problematic, uh, you know, and, uh, I, that helps because that gives you a buffer to be like, Let's let's hold on a second. Let's really figure out who was harmed by this and wasn't intentional. To me, intent matters most. Mm-hmm. I think I think um, a great example of that in in pop culture is the movie Tropic Thunder. Right. Um, and that was that was a big one that came up. You know, we we've, we've had a lot of people um, who have done blackface in the past being. You know, their their images in blackface being dredged up and them, right. you know, it's not a being good look. attacked for. And so with Tropic Thunder, we saw Robert Downey Jr. in 2008, um, same year he uh, they released Iron Man, um, where he acted. And this is a, a Ben Stiller film um, who he also comedy. starred in it. And yeah. it's a satirical comedy, basically making fun of. Hollywood. It's 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 mm-hmm. socio political commentary on the stature of Hollywood and Hollywood elites. And Robert Downey Jr. plays a white uh Australian actor in the movie who is cast as a black man 
in a Vietnam movie that they're filming in the movie. And it is. I laugh at that right away, but I I feel like a lot of people already, if they don't know like the movie, like they're like their mouth is open right now. They're like, no way, like you know, let's burn burn the film. It is one of the, and I have I have a lot of leeway when it comes to satire, um, and satirical content, and it's it's one of the greatest satirical movies ever made, um, and he he was actually nominated. uh, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for best supporting actor. Um, at the Oscars for that role, did he win? Uh, no, he did not win. Okay. Um, but you know, no one said anything at the time, and then it was you know in the past couple years, all of a sudden people started freaking out that Robert Downey Jr. did blackface. Um, but like you said, intent is so important, and people were like, you have to look at the context of that film and the commentary that him acting as an actor who is acting in blackface in a movie that was about the absurdity and ridiculousness and how wrong that is. Like the context and the content of it is so important compared to a movie or a piece of media where a white person is wearing blackface to wear blackface and make fun of black people and be a black character. Like it's, it's such different to some extent though, like who decides what is right and what is wrong though? I mean, like, you know, you're saying, you know, you, you believe it's good. You know, somebody else could say, I believe it's bad. Just in any black face is bad or whatever. Like, um, you know, I happen to agree with you. I thought it was funny. Um, you know, I'm not black, so, you know, who cares what I think about it, but you know, a hundred percent. I mean, obviously I don't have, you know, a dog in that fight, but like, but, but who decides? I mean, it, 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 that's why I think conservatives, think of it in like a mob rule kind of thing because it's so like disorganized and random you know what gets chosen to be saved and and put up on a pedestal as artistic you know integrity and other things that get taken down as being problematic you know and like this this fever that happens because of people kind of giving quick takes of 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 what they feel about stuff in on like a a single sentence on a tweet or whatever like it's it's it does feel sometimes random and out of control. I it's it's weird because I feel like we're in this age of like this kind of collective unconscious kind of a thing where people take something that they believe in and they just grasp onto it. Mm-hmm. And with the with the way things just move so fast and ideas are shared so fast like it, it's just i mean it's the people who decide but then it it makes me question and maybe it's just because of the demographic of i think generally more liberal people are more tech savvy and more internet aware and more internet inclined of you know why is there not a a woke conservative mob that takes over, you know, there is no, there is, it just got quieter. Like, and I guess, the I 90s, guess so. Well, conservative mom, what mob was the re the religious, right? It was yeah. the people who said there can't be gay people on TV. Right. It, it was, you know, it was the people even now that are like banning books because it, you know, mentions gender identity or whatever, like, like there, what, what liberals get angry about that conservatives, you know, do they do right back to them if they happen to not like the thing? You know, they would rather 
cancel. They would rather, you know, push that that idea away than really deal with it and 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 handle it. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess I feel like you disagree. No, it's just it just it's just tough because I feel like the way it happens is so different. Like it seems like it's to me it seems like the and I'll just use the term the liberal woke mob. It it seems like it has so much more influence and power. You know, I I I mean, just right now though, and I I guess that's fair. You know, I, I guess that's a fair way to put it to state it. Um, and that's what, I mean, I'm not always against it. And that's why, you know, doing this episode to me was kind of important because it's a challenge because, you know, it's it, a lot of the things I do agree with. I do. I don't like a lot of the people that have gotten canceled and the things that they've done, you know, but I, I know that that pendulum always swings. And so eventually it's going to be back onto, you know, say the conservatives and religious people or whatever. And they're going to be like, you know, oh, I don't like that. That offends me, and therefore it should not be on on TV again or whatever. You know, so that that's what makes me worried about it. I would much rather talk about it and have the freedom of discussion than to be shut down by this idea of cancel culture. Next thing you know, we're going to be back to uh, uh, the movie Psycho, where you couldn't even have a toilet in a film. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Wait, so, you know, one thing this this I did want to say one more thing about the article that that we were talking about a moment ago. Mm-hmm. The 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 um writer that that was writing this op-ed in the New York Times um said as time passed, I watched these shame campaigns multiply to to the point that they targeted not just powerful institutions, which they were okay with by the way. Um, you know, and not just public figures but really anyone perceived to have been doing something offensive. And I also began to marvel at the disconnect between the severity of the crime and the gleeful savagery of the punishment. It almost felt as if the shamings were now happening for their own sake, as if following a script. And that is how it feels. Like, you know, somebody gets in trouble, right? And and so, and you know they're in trouble. Like, even though, like, they didn't do anything arrestable, Mm-hmm. And in most cases, you know, what we're talking about, you know, it's like they'll say something that was controversial. It's not illegal. It just was gross or whatever mm-hmm. by some people's definition. And enough people with influence say we don't like it, puts it out there, says they were wrong. Suddenly they are wrong and suddenly they're on the defensive. They say something like I will I'll learn. I'll do better. I mean, it's almost like a cliche script at this point of what they of what they always release. And and we have to decide in our random culture way whether we're going to forgive them or not. Mm-hmm. And that's it's so weird that we that we live in this kind of public shaming cycle um, of these people that one week they could be, you know, a liberal um, god, and the next week they could be completely canceled. You know, a good example is Ellen, for example, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. You know. Few years ago, there was no more powerful voice in the liberal kind of you know talk show host or whatever, right? And now you know people are disgusted when they see her. Like they'll change the channel, or and she's her her show's getting canceled at this point. Yeah. So it, it's you never know where it's going to go, and we even have point. We'll probably talk about it more in the next episode, but we even have people who are doing the canceling and then they become canceled. Right. You know, for, right. again, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad. Um, but 
it, it starts feeling more and more like the kind of like the witch trials where, you know, originally the people that were accused at least were doing something weird to be <laughs> accused, right? They were probably doing some kind of weird witchcraft sort of thing. There's nothing wrong with witchcraft, but they were they were doing something that creeped them out. And that's why they were accused. They shouldn't have been put on trial and, and murdered and all that. But, you know, but uh, but they but there was something that they did that was that was, that you could point to. But then as it went, anything could be, you know, a, a, could get you called a witch. You know, yeah. you could just by defending someone else, you could be called a witch. Right. And so the the um, requirements for what it took went down and the punishment went up. And I feel like something similar in a non murdery way is happening happening now with with, uh, you know, people's uh, social lives, meaning like who their online persona, um, you know, becomes or who, who they can get hired by in the future and things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, now, you know, we, we even got to the point where we we're seeing people who were being canceled for things that they did, you know, in a, a tweet that they said at 4 PM on a Tuesday, 10 years ago or right. something, you know, and it's, and then all of a sudden, like they're like, just completely blacklisted because of this thing. And I just, does the punishment fit the crime? Like, I don't, you know, and then. Well, it, and it doesn't just come out of nowhere. People actually go through their social media and find these things yeah. when they are at, at their, their like worst time. Right. So in other words, like they're about to win best picture or something like that, you know? So then they'll pull up this thing that was always there, but now is controversial because they found it today mm -hmm. and, even, it, and it's as if they put it up today. And the crazy thing, it's regardless of who that person is now, you know, like regardless, like you may love the person, whatever it is, but because of this thing that they tweeted or said offhand 10 years ago, all of a sudden they're canceled. And I just don't, I, I guess I just don't agree with that. I don't know. You know, so, have have you ever been called like not liberal enough? I mean, we kind of all, you know, we're all sort of. I think we've said left of of center, right? Yeah. Or like left of moderate. You know, have you ever been accused of not being liberal enough by by anybody because you had an opinion that wasn't held by by liberals or or was you know kind of nuanced? Um, I mean, my 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 wife uh, Shelby jokes around all the time that I have this this pseudo conservative Republican personality that comes out sometimes that she'll be like, oh, is it happening again or whatever? And I'm just like, oh, okay, let's, let's chill out or whatever. And, and, um, and I know it, it grinds her gears a little bit from time to time. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I do remember there was a time in, in college and at the university of Montana campus, there's a, uh, what they call a free speech zone. And it's between the university center and the uh, library. And it's this area with just like these kind of little grass hills and, and like walkways and whatnot. And there are these two, I guess, preachers. I don't even know. There are guys there who are just spewing this just disgusting rhetoric of, you know, if you're gay, you can burn in hell and all this this, you know, you, you deserve like you being raped was a message from God and all this horrible, horrible stuff. And so there was a bunch of people protesting there. And I remember I was there taking pictures 
Um, I was taking pictures of the protests. I was taking a picture of these guys, and I went up to uh, uh, one of the two preachers, and I asked him for his card because I wanted to interview him. I, I, mm-hmm. I asked if he would be willing to sit down with me and have a conversation, and he handed me his card. Mm-hmm. And, and then I remember I continued taking pictures, and all of a sudden one of the protesters just got in my face and just started screaming at me, calling me the enemy out. They had no right for me to take their picture and and this and all this and whatnot. And, and they they took me wanting to interview these people, like going up to right. ask them to sit down with me as, I guess, Acceptance. siding with the enemy, accepting what they're yeah. saying. You know, yeah. and I was just like, and I was just like, like, I just want to interview these guys. Like, I want to know... <laughs> Like I, I, you know, I want to, it, it. would be a fascinating conversation. Like it's it's horrible <laughs> what they're saying. I don't agree with what they're saying. But and I bet I, when you said that, it didn't make any difference. Like they didn't register because no. they were so in, angry at that point. Yeah, and so you know, obviously, like, and so I, I can't remember what I said to get. I, like I literally, this girl, I like, she was one of my classmates in college. Like I had class with her about forty five minutes before this happened. You know, we were in German wow. class together in college. Um. And eventually she backed off or whatever. And, um, but I remember just, I mean, be- and, and, and thankfully nobody who speaks German could be an evil person. I <laughs> absolutely not, that's but it was in line. I'm was, sorry. That's a Simpson joke. I, ha- I had to say it. Fair enough. <laughs> it, you, you have your Simpsons references. I have my West Wing references. <laughs> oh um, God. No, do we, are we going to have our, a Simpson cue? No, because I don't have a reference, so it's okay. We don't have to cue it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> but no, I I remember it was such a it was such an intense moment because, like, it it felt as though she took it as though I was up there saying the same words that they were, right. just for me asking them to talk with me. Well, that, you know that's crazy too because like you like there's nothing wrong with somebody saying something that you don't believe in like not everyone has to think like you do the problem is they're spewing it in a public place like yelling it and like creating an unsafe environment right so like i mean like for people that people don't feel safe because they're of the volume that they're doing it and like the way they're doing it like i don't care if people think those things like i i worry about them but what you know they have the right to think whatever they want like so like i get why people could be angry at them for saying it what i don't get is why they would be angry at you for taking a picture of it you know like yeah. like you're not up there on a soapbox screaming it right you're just like like it like you weren't I, it, was, it should have been clear you weren't a part of it mm-hmm. and i mean i i i guess they took it as as me not directly condemning it as me supporting it Right. You know, and and so I, I, you know, I know we see a lot of people who, if they don't outright condemn, you know, something that happened in the public eye, then it's like, well, like, we're going to start to question, you, you know, we're going to cancel you. We're going to question why you didn't outright condemn this. And it could be maybe I support it. It could be I just don't want to talk about it. I just, you know, I'm not a very public person, whatever it is. But regardless, or in my instance, I'm just here trying to document what's going on because I didn't take that outright stance, I'm therefore canceled, you know, quote, you know, like it's right. Well, and to, and to take the devil's advocate too, with, I mean, meaning like in a separate issue, um, Trump was 
kind of in that same boat for a while at least um you know where a lot of people accused him of sort of dog whistling um white supremacist and things like that um you know he might i mean i don't know he might be racist i don't know um but i never exactly thought that he was a racist i actually thought he was much more of a classist yeah um that he would you know throw anyone out of a out of a apartment whether or not they were black or white if they couldn't pay kind of thing mm-hmm. um like so you know so when when he was questioned like why why he couldn't um denounce um you say like white nationalists or whatever that supported him or whatever like to me like it was sad that he didn't do it i wish he had denounced them but i kind of understood that that was you know that's his base and like you know him not denouncing them sort of leaves it up in the air it doesn't mean that he's necessarily you know, a racist or white nationalist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's an assumption. I mean, later on, I don't know. He started saying some things that kind of made it sound more and more like it was. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you know, I'm again, I'm not defending him. I don't like Trump, but you know, but but I uh, I think it was it was a little bit of a pre- it was presumptive to to call him that just because he wouldn't like go out of his way to denounce it. He didn't feel like he needed to for whatever reason. Yeah, um, and. That was his choice. That doesn't make him those things. Um, do you know that censorship has actually been a part of America since its very beginnings? I mean, it makes um, sense. <laughs> um, it's so um, so censorship actually tracked back according to this uh, article on stacker stacker dot com um, back to seventeen twenty two. So pre America, um, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin's older brother. Ooh, his older brother James (laughs) um his older brother james uh he was the printer of the new england current uh he was jailed for several weeks for publishing criticism of the government um and uh the younger franklin uh, then 16 was named publisher uh, for the extent of the jail term james franklin ran afoul of the authorities again in 1723 uh and he went into hiding and published under his younger brother's name again <laughs> apparently uh in 17 uh 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 22 uh yeah they uh were still very much so on the uh the the plane of uh uh, monarchy, you don't say anything bad about us or we will cancel you. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, it took a while, I think, for America to figure out, like, how to how to deal with free speech because free speech is not easy. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot of things you don't like um, when people are supposedly free to say anything. Um, so uh, in uh, 1970, oh, my God, 19, 1798, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a little bit earlier, 1798 um president john adams restricted the right to criticize a government official which Um, i will say right away like john adams was a garbage president he did nothing as vice president this was strictly because he was insecure okay yeah (laughs) 100 i I mean a lot of presidents have done the same thing right nixon was famous for for not liking the press right we talked about Mm -hmm. that in the news literacy episode when we first started the show yeah uh uh, you know, the I- whole idea of fake news was, you know, ri- originated uh, with people who didn't like the press, right? It was Germans at, at the beginning, and then, and then uh, it was it it, it uh, with Nazis and things like that, and then with Nixon, like he's kind of continued that idea because he wanted to call them like the media so that people would vilify them for for running stories he didn't agree with, right? 
Um, and so it, uh, we skip ahead. Um, so, uh, um, what, uh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, more than two dozen piece, people under the John Adams, um, law, uh, were arrested under the statute, but they were actually pardoned by president Thomas Jefferson two years later, which I'm a much bigger fan of. Um, I think he did a lot, a lot better things. Um, 1861, uh, uh, during the Civil War from 1861 to 65, newspaper reporters and editors were arrested in the Union if they wrote about opposing the draft or discouraging enlisting in the Army. So that's unpopular. an interesting one. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because I, I feel like that compares to today of people talking outwardly about, you know, opposing the you know political correctness and things that are political correct and whatnot. It's kind of, I mean, obviously this is about slavery and the Civil War, so it's a much greater scale, but it's kind of the similar context of it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like to say that we used to be more free, and, I, and you know, I always argue we're more free now, generally now, in this, I say, the last, you know, 50 years um, than we ever have been. Um, so when things start going back towards censorship, it always kind of worries me. You know, today you could publish something that said, you know, an op-ed or something in the New York Times that said you shouldn't, the draft should not exist or whatever, right? And no one would even really, I don't think, think too much about it. Like it would be criticized, but it would, it would, it would be published, mm -hmm. you know, but back at this time, you couldn't say that. I mean, and it was kind of just accepted that that was censored speech. Yeah, even Probably even up until like, like even in like the, I think really up until Vietnam, like talking badly about the draft and talking badly about the military really like wasn't an acceptable thing. Right. I mean, if, if you skip ahead on the notes, like the last, I think the last one I mentioned here is 1971, the publica publication of the Pentagon Papers. Yeah. Um, that, that was, so there's, there's an absolutely amazing movie that Steven Spielberg made. It did okay. But it, uh, it it didn't do as well as it should have, um, called The Post. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. And, uh, and it talks about the freedom of the press. And it's all, it's all about this week or so that um, these newspapers wanted to publish these classified documents that said the Pentagon um, and, and presidents uh, knew that Vietnam was an unwinnable war and that they kept it going because they – they knew it would be unpopular to to admit defeat, um, so so they were going to publish these papers um, that that they were given, um, and Nixon threatened to um, close the paper down and stop them from from ever publishing again if they if they did this. And I'm going to ruin the ending, even though it's a it's a fantastic ending of the movie, just because it's it's historically relevant here. Um, all of the papers published those. Those uh, those classified documents all at the same time in solidarity with one another because they mm -hmm. knew that while the government could take one paper down, they couldn't take them all down. Right. And so it was a pretty amazing moment in the press. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's something I think often gets forgotten when we're criticizing the press. What a storybook um, yeah. ending. Yeah, I really. I mean, it was a it was one of those like music swell endings that you're just like in tears because mm -hmm. of how amazing it is that this existed. Uh, a couple really quick. I know we're kind of running out of time for this episode, but just really quick. Um, let's see. So, a uh, 1903 Immigration Act uh, barred entry into the United States of anarchists. 
uh, the law suppressing immigrant political views followed in 1901, um, the assassination of President William McKinley um, by an accused anarchist um, was the reason that, that this was, was uh, deemed necessary. Um, if we skip ahead to um, certain books that have been not that have been banned over the years, and this is something that really irritates me because I've seen so many posts and from people and even like just posters up on you know the library or something where it'll say read banned books, right? Because if you read them, they can't be banned, right? Um, so I like liberals say this, but at the same time, they don't. They still are are sort of behind a lot of the things where they're like banning episodes or you know of a show because yeah. uh you know one one of the voices in it or something was like michael jackson that happened on the simpsons for example they took off an episode on on the disney um disney plus mm -hmm. you know they, they're they're okay with banning things if they disagree with it but then they they hold the idea of of not banning books up really highly and that you should you know rebel and read these these important books well that's i'm, I'm a big believer in the in the idea that you can separate the artist from the art mm -hmm. you know like i love uh uh the movie midnight in paris mm -hmm. love that movie um i love manhattan um yeah i mean it, problematic directors absolutely can i still enjoy the movies yeah you know i my my dad is a huge john wayne person was john right. wayne had issues absolutely yep. was he Definitely. racist and sexist yeah he was openly um can i still enjoy his movies yeah i love his movies 100 percent. well it also comes down to this idea of like like are you really choosing certain people that you like or don't like or are you just staying away from people who have had the misfortune of 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 whatever they did being put out into the open, you know, like I, mm -hmm. like even though I assume the best of people, I also kind of like realize that there's probably a lot of people from the past that we hold up in high regard that probably weren't great people and they probably did something really terrible, but it just didn't get out for whatever reason. Yeah. Or we just don't talk about it, you know, and yet so they're held up really high, but somebody else who has a misfortune of of that being aired out um, is is you know a terrible person. You should never listen to them or watch them or read them or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just assume like like there's a ton of things out there that we if we knew who they were we probably wouldn't like it anymore or something if if you're going by that idea of like not being able to separate the artist from the art yeah um, so anyway a couple of books that were not that were that were um, banned Farewell to Arms Sun Also Rises by Hemingway uh, Ulysses was banned um, for the longest time actually um, the um, Ulysses was was the ban was finally overturned so it was overturned it was banned somewhere in the in the 20s and it wasn't overturned into the mid 30s um when uh, a publishing house um allowed it was allowed to print it so i mean they couldn't mm. even they weren't even allowed to print it i mean it was even wow. worse it was it wasn't just a social thing they weren't allowed um there was the Hayes code of course that's a big thing in the you know in, in movies that were that bans and censorship um added censorship to a lot of things the motion picture association of america today still um bans movie theaters um uh, from showing uh rated x movies which is now called nc-17 yeah. um there's a little bit of a lift on that I, there's been a couple of of there, there are independent movie houses that have shown certain nc-17 or rated x movies uh when they're really culturally relevant but for the most part 
if you get that rating by this board, your movie is essentially dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Well, and there, are, I mean, there are also like designated uh, uh, theaters that just show that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they just have to make that, I well, guess, clearly known well, and designated. See, but what you're saying though, like, like what the designated theaters that used to show those, like, got labeled themselves and canceled themselves because yeah. they were like the dirty theater, right? They were like the adult theater. They couldn't then show a Disney movie the next week. No, no, no. You know? <laughs> like, like they were, they had to be like the theater you went to and like, you know, with a bag over your head kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so like, so that is sort of like a half measure, I guess, to at least it's allowed, but it's like still um, looked down upon. Right, yeah. You know, a perfect world would be a situation where a theater could play whatever they wanted, anything that was culturally relevant, no matter what was in it and what it was about. Right. Yeah, and you know, speaking of like movies being banned, sometimes it's the theater themselves that that ban the movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I'm a big fan of um, curated theaters, which are theaters that that play only culturally relevant things or classics or whatever. Um, there was a theater in Colorado that um, I actually got into a pretty heated like disagreement with online um, way back um, when uh, they basically posted on the social medias that they had that they would never show a Woody Allen movie again. So, and, and I would, that kind of shocked me at the time because, um, I don't know, I didn't, you know, I don't know what everybody's opinion of Woody Allen is. Um, it's, it's, it's a kind of a big issue. There was a documentary that came out about a year ago that, um, was, was pretty damning, um, on, on Woody Allen being guilty, but officially, Woody Allen had been, um, he went to trial. It, he was deemed not guilty for what he was accused of. And, and he's always denied that, um, that he was guilty. And so it's, it's essentially a, you know, somebody who says that they're, that they're victims and somebody who says that, that they're, that they didn't do it. Um, so it's hard to know exactly what to believe from the outside perspective. Um, but regardless of all of that, like, you know, Woody Allen is a fantastic filmmaker and I will always be the one to say, you know, watch this movie because it was, it was great. Watch Manhattan. It's a fantastic movie. Annie Hall, a lot of these movies. And it it upsets me that like a movie theater like this one that was in Colorado would decide for its audience not to show a filmmaker based on an allegation that went to court and was deemed not, you know, that he was, he was innocent and that he actually hasn't been criminally charged with anything at, at all. Um, so it, it, I remember like the argument basically was like, it kind of went like, I can if you're going to ban him, like, are you going to ban, I think I, I brought up some other movie that had somebody that was like, had done something in their past or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're going to ban all of the movies by the, that that person's in, right? You're not going to show this classic movie and this classic movie because that person was a womanizer and that person, you know, did that. I mean, it's like, you know, O.J. Simpson is in uh, the uh, the Naked Gun movies or whatever. Are you not going to show the Naked Gun movies because O.J. Simpson was accused of murdering somebody? Like, like it's right. It, like, how far of a background check are you going to do on every single person that worked has worked on every single movie you're going to show? Or are you just kind of taking, like, a self-righteous, woke stance because it's easy right now? Well, because and it, it brings into question that, yeah. that I think of a lot is, 
Are you doing this because you truly believe in this stance or are you doing it to save face? Right. And, and, and it's not just to save face. It's actually to make yourself look better, right? Yeah. Like you look like you're a social justice warrior. Yeah. If you take some stance, whether or not it's like a good stance, um, it's just, it's just a, it's, it's so annoying. It's, it's, it's the aspect of liberals that annoy me the most. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, I, I always say I'm not a Democrat. Like I would never be a Democrat and I'm not a Republican. I would never be a Republican because it depends on the issue. It depends on the day. It depends on a lot of things. You know, I'd never want to say I would never do this. You know, it's fine if somebody chooses not to watch a Woody Allen movie because they happen to be disgusted by it and they are absolutely sure that he's guilty or whatever. It's that's their choice. But the official record is he's not. And even if he was, in my opinion, I would still like to see the art that he made, you know, before that mm -hmm. was a, a factor. I don't know. It's I don't I don't like these these uh, people who shut things down and just kind of assume that you should be on board. And if you're not that makes you like also a bad person kind of similar to what you were saying about like taking a photograph of of you know uh the protest and all of a sudden you were being protested against just for being right. there and it's like whoa 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 <laughs> slow down right and yeah. in, in this next episode um we're gonna we're gonna go a little more into kind of more specific context looking at individuals who have been canceled um so you know, we're, we're gonna talk a lot more about and I guess Joe Rogan hasn't been canceled, but um, he has been uh, attacked by many of uh, uh, who I would consider the probably the woke mob, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to talk about Joe Rogan. Right now we sound like we sound like uh, talk radio. Like <laughs> I know. Oh, and uh, KWYFM. <laughs> which <laughs> <The wolf> <laughs> is on our am radio station um but you know we're, we're gonna talk about these specific instances of uh joe rogan having on guests who uh not only themselves share misinformation but joe rogan himself uh we'll talk about more about ellen degeneres and people like army hammer and uh, uh we're gonna talk i'm very actually excited to talk about dave Chappelle. Um, who is just an incredibly interesting person. Um, it, I, I'm very excited to talk about him specifically because there's so much depth to him as an individual and his art as a comedian. Like it's, it's, it's well, and, and to give it just like a little bit more of a, uh, of a preview for all the people that just like recoiled in horror right then, um, you know, it's it's not to say that we're not ignoring, you know, offensive things that or offensive things that these people have done um, or said or done. But but there is more to it that I think we're going to kind of get into some of the nitty gritty of of uh, maybe explaining why they feel the way they do, not necessarily defending the f way that they feel or the, the what they're putting out there. Mm hmm. Um. So yeah, I guess uh, Curtis, any uh, final thoughts before we wrap up this episode? No, I'm excited. I'm excited, you know, to now that we kind of have an idea of where this came from, talking about um, these different people who are at base different levels of of uh, being canceled and whether or not they should be or should have been. Um, and uh, we're gonna, you know, let people who are listening to this kind of decide for themselves and hope that 
um, you know, that it doesn't just ride along party lines. Um, we always ask conservatives to, to cross the aisle to think about a lot of the things that we talk about in the show, different social justice issues, um, you know, differently. And so I asked, uh, you know, the liberal people out there who are, are into the woke culture and all that stuff to do the same thing and, and consider the um, counter argument that, you know, we're in the middle of uh, delivering. All right, there you have it, folks. Uh, the problem with problematic cancel culture, censorship, and wokeness, uh, episode 31. Uh, we're going to be diving into episode 32 coming up here uh, soon, not long after this episode is released. Um, but if you have, uh, if you've listened to this episode, have any comments, questions, uh, let us know either. I, I, I guess I should have said this at the top of the show, but we got, we're on YouTube now. So let yeah. us know in the comment section. We've had uh, uh, one commenter already. Uh, appreciate you for commenting if you're listening to this right now. But uh, let us know um, because this is obviously an incredibly like complex, nuanced, opinionated topic. Um, and so give us your thoughts. Um, give us something to discuss and talk about. Um, you can also send us an email. Uh, pwbnetwork at gmail.com uh, Curtis and I are uh, both keeping an eye on that so uh, shoot us an email uh, give us something to talk about um, but with that I guess we'll talk to you on the next episode bye everyone bye. thank you for listening to Social Discord part of the Podcast Without Borders Network you can get a hold of us by sending us an email at pwbnetwork at gmail.com you can also check out our website at podcastwithoutborders.com thanks for listening